Hey guys, welcome to the Four Quarters Podcast, the podcast where we talk about four of the biggest headlines in the world of sports. I'm Simon. And I'm Trevor. Now, uh, first we're going to be discussing, this is kind of late news, but I thought it was interesting, even though I don't particularly like baseball and enjoy watching it, but uh, still some pretty pretty big sports news. Uh, Trevor, you want to talk about that? Yes. So on Monday, August 17th, the San Diego Padres were playing against the the Texans, Texas Rangers. And so in like the eighth inning, the Padres had, were winning by 10 to 3. And the shortstop for the Padres, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., who is a young, t- talented star right now, he's doing pretty well. But so the bases were loaded. And on a 3-0 and pitch, so three balls, no strikes, he swings and hits a grand slam to make it 14-3. to Now, a lot of people were very, very upset about that. Now, but, it... Oh, sorry. No, Keep go, going. Ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Were they upset because they were up, or were they upset because of the, the something with like a three zero count and an unwritten rule in baseball? Yes. Yeah, so um, the the unwritten rules they're kind of weird, but like it's a super traditional sport, so it's like kind of understandable. But so um, the unwritten rule is kind of how like if there's how the, what they think is that like if there's three and zero count, normally you shouldn't swing. And especially because they were up by so much already that it's kind of, like, just annoying. Because they do kind of have, like, a mercy rule type thing where it's, like, I guess, like, they they want you to not try as hard even though you're up by a lot, which I think is kind of stupid. But it's, like, it's just, like, you don't really normally swing at 3-0 and unless it's, like, a really perfect pitch. That's what you learn when you're, like, little. But it's, like, um, the Texas manager, Chris Wood- Woodard, Woodward, I think I'm saying that right, said he didn't like it, said, I didn't like it personally. You're up by seven in the eighth inning. It's typically not a good time to swing 3-0. and It's kind of the way we're all raised in the game. But like I said, the norms are being challenged on a daily basis. So just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not right. I don't think we liked it as a group. So they were very salty about that. And like the, one of the craziest things about this whole story is that um, the Padres manager, Jace Tingler, even was kind of mad about it. So he said he's a young, free spirit and focused on all those things. That's the last thing that we will ever take away. It's learning opportunity, and that's it. He'll grow from it. And then he said, just so you know, a lot of our guys have a green light 3-0. and But in this game in particular, we had a little bit of comfortable lead. We're not trying to run up the score or anything like that. So we kind of, like, forced um, – Tatis Jr. to apologize for literally doing his job. Yeah, I think it's crazy that they made Tatis Jr. apologize for that, and the Astros did not have to apologize. Yes, it's so The Astros have not apologized or been suspended at all for literally cheating to win the World yeah. Series, but this that... dude hits a grand slam for his team, which is his job. He gets paid to do this, and he has to apologize for it and plus for baseball i mean every at bat affects like your your percentages and your stats so why wouldn't he try and swing like why wouldn't he try and score at that uh, during that at bat yeah it's like what so i'm just gonna stop trying my hardest to like win the game and do my best it's like especially in baseball the leads aren't very safe because it's like there's no time limit or anything it's just you have to get the three outs it's like they the Rangers could have easily just like hit like a hundred like hits just immediately and want and win like they could have happened but they didn't. Yeah, I think it's funny that um, immediately after that game, the Padres had like four, three or four straight games of hitting grand slams after he hit that grand slam. Yeah, there's it was four games in a row, and it's like the biggest streak of that ever in yeah. baseball. And it all started with that three zero count. Uh, that that grand slam, yeah. But was interesting. He even like Fernando. He even hit like two home runs in one inning. Like the next night, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's like from what I get, he's like the best offensive player in the MLB this year. Like he's he's really really good. Yeah, he's doing pretty well. He's averaging uh three fourteen this year, and he's hit. He has. I think he's the home run leader. He has twelve right yeah. now. I think he leads the the MLB in steal. Stolen bases and home runs. 
Yeah, I believe so, because he has 35 stolen bases, I think. We know he has six. That's my B. I was looking at strikeouts. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so, I mean, it, in my opinion, this is kind of what I don't like about the MLB. It's just, it's really tradition-based, and I think they're they're really struggling to move, like, forward with the times. Yeah, I agree 100%. Also, like, the managing, we like, the managing of the league is really not great. Like, they yeah. took so long to figure out what they were doing with this season. And then, like, even then, they've had, like, so much, ca- like, COVID cases since. And it's just really, really bad mess. And, like, they could it could have been handled so much better. Like, I remember Bryce Harper, who um, he posted, like, something on Instagram. Like, this whole idea for what they could do. And it was actually kind of interesting. It was, like, they had, like, two little bubble things. One would be in, like, Arizona, and I think the other one was in, like, Nevada or New Mexico or, like, something. And it was, like, basically, like, a 60-season game kind of thing, but they still had, like, All-Star Weekend and, like, Home Run Derby and all of that. And it was, it was kind of interesting. And I thought that would have been way better than what they're doing now. Yeah, I think just it doesn't really make sense to me why they're, they're acting so confidently because, like, baseball's kind of dying out. Like, it's losing a lot of players it's like a lot of people are choosing like lacrosse and other sports over baseball so i think they're they're really kind of screwing themselves over or they really kind of screwed themselves over with this whole 60 game season they did because like they're only going like baseball is only declining in popularity and i think they really need to like do something to kind of modernize it and rejuvenate the sport i agree and that's why i like some of the players like um uh trevor bauer he uh, he he's like a very good at like trying to like make it better and stuff like um he's like with um what's his face Joe Kelly and like being suspended and stuff he like put he had like a free Joe Kelly cleats oh yeah and they but, threatened to suspend him right yeah he could not wear them during the game because they threatened to like <laughs> find him and suspend him and stuff if he wore them and all that but I like he's a really good voice for the league I think because he's always like he he like he's very not afraid to share his opinion like I'm pretty sure he, like, once wore a shirt after the game that said, like, Bauer for for, for commissioner. <laughs> and then, like, um, he just does stuff like that. And, like, after uh, Tadis hit that, he's, like, he's a pitcher. So, it's, like, hearing this from a pitcher saying he doesn't have to apologize and stuff and everyone should be allowed to, do like, swing at an o- yeah. you know, pitch. It's, like, then it's okay because he's the one that's going to, like, deal with it, you know? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I just I don't know how like baseball is gonna do in the future. To be honest, I know I, it's it's my favorite sport, but they're yeah, kind I know. Of not doing well with it right now. And I feel like they could have done like a lot more, like kind of what the NBA does, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think like the NBA is probably the most modern league in terms of like making it a player's first league. Like I feel like the MLB really prioritizes like management. And, um, like, coaches over the players in a lot of cases. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, there's I, – I feel like this might be good, the the Fernando Tatis thing, like, kind of bringing – like, I know him, and I feel I, – I don't exactly know, but, like, Juan Soto, who's on the – Who's on the Nationals, Nationals, yeah. The Nationals, that's right. He They've both kind of been known to, like – they've both kind of started breaking the unwritten rules of baseball – so I think maybe, like, I mean, we'll see. They're both kind of young stars. Uh, we'll see how baseball does. Yeah. So in NFL news, uh, Bud Baker, two-time All-Pro safety for the Cardinals, signed a four-year extension, making him the highest-paid safety in the NFL. Um, yeah, I think it's probably an overpay, in my opinion. Uh, he's one of the best tackling safeties in the NFL, but still he's only, like, a borderline top-ten safety. Uh, it's comforting to know that like the Cardinals are gonna are willing to to pay their uh, players, or, like willing to pay their core pieces, because uh, just a couple of years ago they released Tyron Matthew because they didn't want to pay him all that money, but I think um, this move kind of shows that the Cardinals are trying to build towards a future. They're really trying to compete now, and um, they're not gonna try and give up any of these core pieces. Uh, I will say that. This deal is definitely going to get um, overshadowed by whatever deal Jamal Adams signs next offseason. 
Uh, it, it would shock me if Jamal Adams is not the highest paid safety in the NFL after his contract extension. But, um, I mean, Butterbaker is a solid player. It's just, I feel like it might be a bit of an overpay. It's kind of interesting, though, how, like, well, I guess you could say this kind of, like, every year. There's always, like, oh, this is the highest paid, whatever. But, you know, like, this year it's been, like, a real, like, I feel like there's been a lot more of that than years prior. Yeah. I would say, because we also saw the high, two, the three highest uh, tight end contracts in NFL history. Um, and we saw the highest paid safety contract. Usually you only see, like, one of those positions. But, um, yeah, it is kind of interesting to see, like, a lot of teams are, are really paying to keep players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the Cardinals are probably – I mean, I think they're a good team for the future. Obviously, they brought uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to be huge for them this year. And uh, I think Kyler Murray is really good too. I think he, he definitely has a lot of potential to be an, uh, an all-time great quarterback in the NFL. Um, so I think they're definitely tr- going to try and compete. You know, they, they kind of sucked these past couple of years. Uh, they made some big moves this off season, uh, including the Butterbaker signing. So I definitely think they're gonna. Th- this is a a year to look out for the Cardinals. Maybe not make the playoffs, but definitely make some uh, big improvements. I mean, yeah, they could maybe be like an underdog team here this year. Definitely. I mean, the NS- N- NFC is uh, really competitive this year, so I don't know if they'll make the playoffs this year, but I can see them as a between, like, an 8- and 10-win team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Obviously, they still have a lot of holes, primarily, actually, on their defense. Uh, they don't, I mean, Patrick Peterson's kind of getting up there in age. He's kind of washed up now. I mean, he's still pretty good, but he's he's definitely not as good as he used to be. Um, and they, they definitely have some needs for a secondary pass rusher next to Chandler Jones. But, um, yeah, they're definitely trying to to build towards something, trying to build to become a Super Bowl contender. I mean, Bud Baker's only 24. I think Hopkins is really their only uh, kind of old player that's a core piece, and he's only like 27 or 28. So I think definitely uh, in the next couple of years, they could be a borderline Super Super Bowl contender. Uh, yeah. I mean, like all these like young teams, like, you know, like they have like the nice young quarterback. So he has, like, so much potential to, in, like, room to grow and improve. So he's definitely going to be, like, an all-star definitely. level in a few years. Yeah, I, I like Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray a lot. I think DeAndre Hopkins is really going to help him make a jump this year. I mean, they've, they've definitely done a lot of investing into the offense to try and keep Kyler Murray ha- happy and then uh, keep him healthy, too. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, so... Uh, the NBA playoffs are a little over a week in, and already the Eastern Conference playoffs, seemingly the round two matchups are kind of already decided. Uh, but in the Western Conference, there's still a lot of interesting first-round matchups. Um, primarily, or I mean pretty much every single one, but uh, which one do you want to talk about first, Trevor? Um, what I thought would, would be interest, the most interesting one was like the Lakers and Blazers. Hmm. And it's so like yeah. they've been pretty close with a few games, but then like last game they got blown out. So now it's three to one, right? Yep. And I'm pretty disappointed because I love the Blazers and I love Dame, but now he's not going to play in game five. So it's not looking That's too right. good for them. I forgot Dame. They, he's, he, they already ruled him out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, I wanted the Lakers to win because like I just never want to, like, I wanted to see LeBron not lose in the first round because I think it's pretty impressive that he's never lost in the first round. Um, That's why but... I kind of want him to. I don't, the thing is, I don't like him very much, if I'm being honest. The thing is, he's good. I'll admit it. He's good, and I respect him. But I feel like like, everyone's saying he's the GOAT. I don't think he's the GOAT. I, I just think he, he needs to be put in his place here. So I was hoping... The Blazers, because I love the Blazers, and I'm hoping they yeah. would do that. But I'm like, no. Obviously, the Blazers are not going to beat him. He would have if they went to. I thought it was going to go to seven games, and I thought that like in Game Seven, okay, LeBron's just going to go off, and then win. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I personally don't think LeBron's the goat yet. I think probably towards. I mean, 
towards the end of his career is when we're going to have to determine when who's the GOAT, Michael Jordan or LeBron. But um, I don't know. I just kind of I, – I, for some reason, I'm kind of rooting for LeBron. Maybe it's because he missed the playoffs last year. But um, I definitely think that – I mean, he's obviously going to beat the Blazers. And I think that if he's able to get past whoever wins the Rocket or Thunder, uh, he'll be in the NBA Finals. Like, in my opinion – Whoever wins, because also last week I was wrong. I said the um, winner of the Clippers Mavericks would face whoever won the Rockets or the Thunder, but actually it's the whoever wins the Lakers Blazers series faces the Rockets or the Thunder. And in my opinion, uh, of that round two series, uh, which is probably going to be Lakers versus Rockets, but it could still be Lakers versus Thunder, uh, whoever wins that round two matchup will make the NBA Finals. Um. Yeah, I I think I, I I agree. Well, I think so. I think it's gonna be like um the the Western Conference Finals will be the Clippers and Lakers, but um I definitely think that the Lakers will beat up the Clippers, and then I I feel like it's kind of like a shoe in if that they would make that the Lakers would make the finals, and I'm praying that the Celtics make it. I feel like they could. Yeah, you see, I I personally think the Lakers are probably gonna be the team that make the finals also. But if the Rockets are somehow able to to get past the Lakers and they're able to prove that, like, small ball works, even against Anthony Davis, who's, like, one of the best bigs in the NF- NBA, um, I think that that'll kind of, like, make – or th- that kind of, like, opens up the whole playoffs for them and it kind of makes it – I don't know. I think that if the Rockets get past the Lakers, that makes them the, the leading championship contender, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, I can see that because, like, the Lakers are the Lakers are the team to beat. I'd say, definitely, uh, the, the playoffs um, run through the Lakers. I'd say, yeah, because it's like, yeah, if you beat the Clippers, it's not super impressive, but if you beat the Lakers, because they, have, I feel like the Lakers just have better caliber all stars. Like, because the Clippers have Kawhi, but they also have paul george who isn't yeah. as great as i would say anthony davis or lebron is and he's been doing terrible these this playoffs like yeah he's, he's one oh, he's one of my favorite players he used to be not not anymore because he's, he's sucking let's, let's be real but like, I, mean, I, I used to love him and now it's just it's kind of disappointing in seeing him because i feel like they the clippers could they had so much potential but now i feel like it's kind he needs to step it up or it's over for him I mean, yeah, I still would be surprised if Paul George kind of, like, fix it. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Paul George uh, works through whatever, like, struggles he's having right now. And the Clippers do make the finals. But in my opinion, um, the Jazz, in, uh, who are, I think, right now winning the, the Jazz Nuggets series as we speak, um, the Jazz have lo- looked really good at the perfect time. Like, Donovan Mitchell is heating up. And... Um, I think just overall the Jazz look like a really, really good team. Uh, so I think personally, uh, obviously, I, in my in my opinion, the Clippers aren't going to are gonna beat the Mavs. Like, it would surprise me if Kawhi loses in the first round. But if they face the Jazz, I honestly think the Jazz have a shot at making the conference finals because the Clippers kind of look like, even when they won those two games, they didn't really look that good when they won them. I mean, except for game one, actually. They they just overall, in my opinion, have not looked that good this series. And I think that could be problematic for later rounds. Yeah, I agree. But so uh, the Jazz are winning 3-1, to one, yeah. And so, yeah, they're, they're probably going to win the, the series by the time this is out. I originally thought that the Nuggets would win the series in five. <laughs> yeah, I mean... The the Jazz looked pretty unexciting this pretty much this whole year. They just kind of glided into the playoffs because they obviously have two really good players in Donovan Mitchell and um, Rudy Gobert. But really, as a team, they've looked really good. And Donovan Mitchell is playing the best basketball that I think of the entire playoffs, pretty much, and uh, that we've seen in a while in the playoffs. Uh, actually, yeah, for, since 2018, LeBron, I think. This is the best uh, playoff performance we've been seeing. And uh, I think the Jazz are – sorry, I lost my train of thought. 
But yeah, no, the Jazz, they, they definitely have a chance. They're probably going to win against the Nuggets. And then I'd say it's Clippers and Jazz. And I'd say that'd be pretty interesting to watch. Yeah. I think the only problem that the Jazz have right now is they really don't have great perimeter defense. Like, they, they obviously have uh, Rudy Gobert, who's the best uh, paint-protecting big in the, the NBA right now. But uh, they just let Jamal Murray in game four uh, drop 50 points. So I think when you're facing Kawhi and Paul George and even Lou Williams, that's kind of going to be problematic if you can't uh, lock up those dudes. Yeah, 100%. Uh, oh, yeah. Rockets Thunder has been also been a pretty interesting series. Uh, they're currently tied right now. And I would not be surprised if that game went to – uh, if that went to seven games, I still think the Rockets probably win that. Uh, I th- I, but overall, actually, it's been a pretty uh, interesting series. I had had a couple entertaining games. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, the Rockets, I feel like it shouldn't be as close as it is. Because, like, well, I know, like, you have to give Chris Paul in them credit because it's, like, it's it's a really young team, you know, but it's like there's not really that many star power or anything. It's just kind of like you know what I mean. Yeah, and I do. I, yeah, so that's why I, I feel like the Rockets should be like kind of like I feel like the Rockets could have it could have been a much different game. I feel, but I don't know. I feel like the Rockets aren't playing their best right now. I guess. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Russell Westbrook comes back. If that makes them uh, significantly better, or if that makes them a little worse. Um, but honestly, I wasn't surprised that this is that close to the series. I mean, this entire year, people have been underestimating the Thunder. Uh, and honestly, even though they don't, you're right, they don't really have much star power. I think they do have a, a pretty good coach. And I mean, Chris Paul is one of the best basketball uh, minds. He has the best basketball IQ in the NBA currently, besides LeBron. Um, and also, Dennis Schroeder is playing some of the best basketball of his career. So... Uh, it, it makes sense, in my opinion, why this is such a, a a close series. Yeah, like, I, I can get it. It's just like, yeah, because I, I keep forgetting. Westbrook's out, so it's like, it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, I feel like it should have been a much different story. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I think so, yeah. It, it's um, like the Thunder played... Like if they were, I feel like if they played like the Jazz or the Nuggets, they they would have like gone off on them. Though. Yeah, I was hoping uh, the th- the Nuggets were going to be the four seed, and then it would be Nuggets Rockets because I I thought for sure that the the Thunder would beat the Rockets. I mean the Nuggets. Sorry. Yeah, because they have like they have so much height on them. Yeah, and I mean they uh they have a really like. The problem with the Thunder is they have a lot of young guys, like you said, and they just like they have one really good five man lineup where it's um, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Danilo Gallinari, and Stephen Adams. But outside of that, they don't really have a lot of um, a lot of score. Like outside of those five players, they, they, don't, really they don't really have, have a depth. lot of they don't have a lot of proven players. Yeah, they don't have a lot of proven veteran depth players. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's just like the uh, young dudes; they don't have. It's just that they don't have that much experience, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, Luke Guentis Dort, who was an undrafted rookie this year, uh, he started at uh, small forward for them, and he's been really good on defense. I think he just needs to work on the offensive side of the ball. I yeah. mean, he's kind of been like, if you look at the statistics, he's kind of been ro- locking up Harden, or like quote unquote locking up Harden. He still has like 34, 35 points a game, but like for for Harden's standards, like that's kind of I guess guarding him well. Yeah. But he he's he's really good um, on the defensive end, Lou Dort. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving to the Eastern Conference, uh, the only as we speak active uh, playoff round one playoff matchup is uh, Bucks versus Magic. And uh, that looks like it's probably going to be over by tomorrow. So they, there's kind of a clear um, – it, it's pretty clear what the, the round two matchups are going to be for the East. 
uh, with Raptors versus Celtics and Bucks versus Heat. Yeah. Uh, which one? Yeah. But um, the thing is, there is a rumor going around that the uh, Raptors might pull out of the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, like, what's going to happen. I feel like they're just going to postpone the game because I don't think uh, – it's over the – it's over some uh, recent events, some uh, – I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but um, some recent, I, I think, uh, racial events. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like that's like why they're doing it. I don't know how true yeah. that is, but I saw it on like. Complex I've I've sports. been seeing that too. Yeah. I if anything, I don't think the Celtics would would be the team that's like, oh, we're not gonna respect that if you do that. If you choose to like, kind of make this as a moment to to have your voice heard for a social justice over playing basketball, I don't think the Celtics are gonna be the team that's like, nope, we don't stand for that. Like I think the Celtics should also pull out and just postpone the series for a couple of games. So I personally don't think that's going to impact anything. Well, like basketball wise, that's going to impact anything. Yeah. I obviously like think if they, they feel like they, their voice isn't going to be heard if they play basketball, they should postpone the, the series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the other round one matchup is going to be Bucks versus Heat. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, I feel like that's going to be not that close because well actually well it kind of could be because bam bam's been doing pretty well and so and jimmy's been he's like he fits right in with the heat i feel you know oh yeah he's been he's looked really good this year you can tell that he's definitely enjoying himself right now yeah but then like the bucks are the bucks they have Giannis who just won Defensive player of the year. And oh yeah, that's right. Candidate. I yeah, I I don't. I I personally think it's either going to be an extremely tight series because the Heat actually um for the uh the regular season matchup, I believe the Heat uh have like beaten have, have won more games against the Bucks, like the, they're they're leading that that regular season series. Yeah, but I. I mean, the playoffs are a completely different story. So we'll see if, like, in my opinion, it's either going to be an extremely close series or, like you said, just a blowout where Giannis is just going off. I mean, a big problem that the Bucks have had this uh, playoffs that still hasn't gone away is who's going to be the second option. Middleton has really not shown up yet. So we'll see if that's just a testament to the Magic's defense because they are a really good defensive team. Yeah, or if it's uh just gonna be a problem throughout the playoffs, because I think you can only get carried so far with Giannis. Yeah, but like, I feel like Gian- Giannis, I'd say, is kind of like a younger LeBron, or like, I feel like Giannis, like the past few years, has reminded me of like the twenty eighteen LeBron, where like he just went off and carried this really bad team to the finals. You know, I feel like he could do that if he really, really wanted to. I think he he could. I mean, I disagree that the Bucks are a bad team. I think... Like, uh, I'm not saying that the Bucks are a bad team, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, I do. I A, a better comparison would not be in my... It would not be a 2018 LeBron. It would actually be 2013 LeBron when he was on the Heat. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That... To me, was probably the best LeBron um, regular seat like entire season. Uh, I believe it was twenty thirteen LeBron, but th- that was probably the best LeBron season of his entire career. And uh, like, it, I see a lot of similarities between not necessarily the teams, but just like both Giannis as a player now and uh, LeBron as a player in twenty thirteen. They they draw they like share a lot of similarities. Yeah. Like I feel like Giannis, Giannis is probably one of the greats. I'll, I'll say it. I like yeah, him. We'll, we'll I like see, him better than LeBron. I don't know why. I just I just I do. don't. I think it's like maybe it's just like his story and how like I've kind of like been actually like watching more closely with him and how it's like oh he was this kind of like bum player at the start but he grew into this huge deal you know. Yeah, it's I, like, mean, I respect I think, the grind and all of that. It really shows. True, I I I agree with that. I think LeBron still probably has the 
the best sports narrative in all of sports history to me being like virtually homeless as a kid to being the most hyped up basketball prospect in the the history of the NBA. I mean, in the history of basketball. Uh, And he has lived up to all of the hype. Like, I still think that's the best basketball story I've ever seen. That's the only thing I don't like about it. Like, that's one of the things I don't like about it. It's like, he's always been thought of as the best. Like, you know, I guess I think it's just that's it, more impressive. It annoys, it annoys me. <laughs> I think it's impressive that he's been able to to be thought of like he's lived up to to everyone that says he's the he will be the best player. Because think about how many like high school guys people think are going to be the next big thing, like Andrew Wiggins. People th- thought Andrew Wiggins was literally going to be the next Kobe. He was going to be like Maple the Jordan. next huge. Yeah, they thought he was going to be the next huge face of the NBA. And then he, he didn't really live up to the hype in the NBA. His like, career kind of... He's not that yeah. bad, but it's just that he's not like, bad, he wasn't but... amazing. Exactly. He, he uh, But if you look at, like, LeBron, he has always, like, risen to the standards people have set for him. He has never kind of... He's always lived up to the hype, like I said. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like with Zion. Like, he's been super hyped up, and, like, we couldn't really see what he's going to be like, because he didn't play that much. But, like, when he did play, yeah. it, was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. But, like, again, it's not – it was, like, you can't really tell what his career is going to be like, I feel. Exactly. I'm. Uh, it's still yet to be seen if Zion's going to live up to the, the hype that people have uh, – the standards that people have kind of set for him already. Like, so far he kind of has in, like, the short time that we've seen him. He's done pretty, like – Yeah. He's done pretty he, well. He, when he was healthy, he looked really good. Uh, the, I mean, the only thing that that didn't translate from from his college days were the defense. He wasn't. He did not look that good defensively, uh, and I think it's still yet to be seen if he can be really good on the defensive end uh, for in the NBA. I think that's definitely going to be a, a big factor of determining if he'll be an all time great or not. Yeah, because I mean, that was Andrew Wiggins's biggest problem is is that he's terrible defensively he's like one of the worst defenders in the nba and that kind of uh that that's kind of led to the narrative that he's just really only cares about his scoring he's he's not a a a winning player yeah yeah um for the other uh round two matchup we have raptors versus celtics uh you want to talk about that yes so um well, so the last time that the they played together, um, the Celtics like blew them out completely, right? So like, yeah. And then it's like, I know like the Celt- the Raptors are they're a really good team, and again, it wasn't just Kawhi on that team like last year when they won, and it, it's a lot of a team effort, and they have a lot of key pieces that like they work really well together, and um, especially with like Kyle Lowry, I've never loved him I've always thought when he's been like selected all-star and stuff I've never really thought he deserved it but then it's like I don't think of him as like an all-star point guard but I think of him as a really good team player he's very unselfish but then he also knows when to be selfish like he knows when to shoot his shot and when exactly he doesn't need to and he's not like scoring isn't really a priority for him his stats aren't really a priority for him that's what I like about him exactly again I I don't think he's a like an all-star cop but he's still he's pretty good i was just I literally like yesterday i was just thinking about this where it's nothing about his game that i like but i just love kyle lowry as as a player i guess um i think he's just he contributes to winning basketball in a lot of ways he's uh sets a lot of i mean he uh draws a lot of charges he's a, a pretty good defender for a point guard and um he's a, a good play a really good playmaker and I, I think it's kind of been surprising because he he has a pretty good basketball story too. Because for the the like first eight seven or eight years of his career, he was just like a depth guy. He was just like a, a depth point guard. Yeah. But then uh, when he got traded for pretty much nothing to the Raptors, he like flourished into an all star. I think that's really cool to see like someone have a a late career resurgence and have a, a borderline Hall of Fame career. 
Yeah, and um, I still miss him with um, DeRozan, though. I feel like they're yeah. so good together. He definitely played his best, I think, with DeRozan. Uh, their games, actually, I thought, fit each other really well. Yeah. Uh, it just I, it just kind of reached a point where DeRozan wasn't going to be the, the guy that would lead you to a championship. Uh, that was kind of clearly seen last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Celtics, I, in my opinion, I think it's probably going to be the Celtics that won this series. It's going to be well, arguably, I think, the closest series of this playoffs. I, it's it's going to go to seven games, and I, I still have the Celtics winning in seven, but it's going to be a difficult series for both teams. They're both similar in the fact that they, they have a lot of guys that could go off for 20, 30 points a night. I mean, the Raptors probably have more guys like that than the, the Celtics even do. Um, and both both teams have, like, really good defensive centers in Daniel Tice and uh, Marcus Gasol. But not, not necessarily – that's not where they necessarily get their offense from. They, they have a lot of good perimeter players and guards. And so I think, like, both teams kind of are, are very similar matchup-wise. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how this series is going to be. Yeah, I agree. They're very similar teams in that way. But, like, I still think the Celtics are going to win, but I have them winning in six. I don't know. I just – I feel yeah, like they, I, could, they just could overpower the Raptors better. Like, I feel like they're strong. They're, like, stronger, you know? Yeah, I think the series probably lies in Pascal Siakam. Uh, seeing – he kind of struggled in round one, and he's kind of struggled in the bubble a little bit. Uh, he kind of shaped up, though, in round one, but – We'll see if he has any struggles against the Celtics, and we'll see how the Celtics kind of try and defend Pascal Siakam. Uh, but I think if Pascal Siakam looks really, really good, like he did for a stretch this year, then it, it's the Raptors. But if the Celtics are able to defensively uh, lock up Pascal Siakam, then it's the Celtics series to win. Yeah, I feel like um, that Smart has to really lock up. Well, it has to really lock them up for them to get the win. Yeah. I think, yeah. I'm curious to see who, who Smart's primarily guarding. Because uh, Marcus Smart's the the best defensive guard in the NBA. Uh, and so it, it, I'll, I'm curious to see if they put him with uh, Van Vliet, who's been, like, he was averaging, like, 18 points this year and, and has been pretty good in round one. Or if it's um, Kyle. Oh, wait. I just realized Kyle Lowry's out for, um, he's, he's uh, I think, going to be out for the first game. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I forgot. I think he... I don't know if he was officially ruled out, if it was rumored due to his ankle, but um, that's obviously a huge factor, too, if, if Kyle Lowry's out, because then I think it's the Celtics, they have the edge. Yeah, because um, then, like, they don't have his, like, his playmaking, his, like, his passing, yeah. his unselfishness. And I will say, under under Nick Nurse, the biggest difference has been, like, Kyle, the, the offense has kind of run through Kyle Lowry, even with Kawhi there. Uh, Kyle Lowry is huge for, like, the playmaking. Obviously, Kawhi was the number one option. Kyle Lowry was a, a massive factor last year for that offense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's he's going to be – he would be a huge loss for them. But, yeah, um, but then, like, with the Celtics, it kind of, like – it kind of, like, changes around a bit, I feel. Yeah, sorry, what do you mean? Like, um – it's not really run through so one specific person. Like it kind of is yeah. Tatum mostly, but he's more of like the number one option instead of like, like exactly. You know. There's not like a, a a primary playmaker. I mean, they have a lot of good playmakers, but there's not one person that's like primarily the the main playmaker. Yeah, yeah. So um, but but obviously, I'm curious to see who the Celtics uh, choose to have Marcus Smart guard. Whether it's Van Vliet or Lowry if he's healthy, or even um, Pascal Siakam, because yeah. Marcus Smart has done a, a decent job at guarding some forwards. Like he did a pretty good job guarding uh, Giannis uh, the first game in the bubble. I remember. Yeah, and he he's also um, I mean for a couple stretches during the 2018 playoffs, he was good guarding uh, LeBron, but also uh, Kristaps Porzingis. I remember the Celtics usually like to. Actually, put um, Smart or Brown on Kristaps Porzingis because they both, even though obviously Kristaps has the the, sight, the height advantage, 
uh, they like to have they think they do a pretty good job at um, locking him up. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely th- think um, round two is going to be interesting. Um, already, in, uh, the East wasn't that interesting for round one, but round one in the West has been extremely exciting. And I think things are only going to get better from here. The bubble has been great. And uh, I think there's still a lot of great basketball to see in, in the future. Mm-hmm. So on Thursday, the NBA draft lottery was held. And uh, the... It, the Minnesota Timberwolves will be picking first, with followed by Golden State, then Charlotte, Chicago, and Cleveland as the top five. Uh, what are your thoughts on the NBA draft? Well, I know I'm pretty excited to see how the Timberwolves will do next season now because they have um they have Cat obviously I love Cat, and um then they have D'Lo too, and I think they're they're with their chemistry they're gonna work really well together. But then now they're gonna yeah. have like a number one pick. And I wonder who that will be. And then it's like, they're going to go crazy, I think. Yeah. I think, um, in my opinion, it would be shocking if the Timberwolves didn't draft Anthony Edwards, who's a shooting guard from Georgia. Um, he's honestly, like, just the, for, for a lot of reasons, he's the best basketball pick for them. He is a pretty – or he has the tool to be a good defender in the NBA – uh, he ha- fits a position that they need a starter for in shooting guard slash small forward. Um, and he he definitely has the tools that, that show he could d- develop in the NBA while still being able to play kind of off ball for the first couple of years. Yeah. So it's, I think like Anthony Edwards is the guy that they should be drafting number one overall. Uh, he, he'll be the, the third star next to Cat and D'Lo. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him for uh, in the NBA. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Golden State does, though. Yeah, I agree. Because, like, I'm trying to think. I don't really know too many of the upcoming rookies this year. And I think largely that is due to, like, them not having the um, March Madness tournament and stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's, like, especially, like, people like us get to, like, really see who's, like, the stars and who would be, like, first-round picks exactly. and stuff like that. It's so and odd. every yeah, I was just I was, I was like curious. Who do you think is gonna pick up uh, Lamelo Ball? I don't know. I um, also think, even though I think Anthony Edwards is the better basketball fit, I wouldn't be that shocked. All right, I I, I, mean, I just said that it would be shocking if they didn't pick uh, Anthony Edwards, <laughs> but I wouldn't be that shocked if they they, they picked Lamelo Ball, the Timberwolves, because uh, he he's a, a good playmaker. And I think being uh, behind uh, a cat and and D'Lo for touches may kind of fix the 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 his biggest weakness, which is his shot selection. He doesn't have a great shot selection, and maybe limiting the touches will allow him to kind of think about his shots more. And yeah. also, uh, I've seen a lot of people kind of say that uh, he won't be that good of an NBA defender, but honestly, uh, people like. He kind of has this a uh, very similar draft profile to Lonzo, and Lonzo's uh, turned out to be a really good defender in the NBA. So I think Lamelo could could be a good defender. Like I don't think defense is one of his weaknesses at all. I feel like he's gonna. I feel like unlike Lonzo, he's gonna be like he's gonna end up not being like a bust because like everyone was going kind of crazy about Lonzo. He thought he was gonna be wicked good, you know, but he wasn't yeah. that great. And I feel like. I feel like Melo, he has a lot of potential. He has a lot more potential, and I feel like he's a lot better than than Lonzo, and he might actually do pretty well. Yeah, I, I mean, I still think that the jury is still out on Lonzo. Lonzo could still be a, a really good um, basketball contributor in the NBA. Yeah, like he has. But so much I, I agree. Yeah, I agree that I think Lamelo Ball is is a more intriguing prospect than Lonzo was. I mean, Lonzo was one of the most intriguing uh, point guard prospects in that draft. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how Lamelo Ball does in the NBA. I think that that he, depending on what team picks him up, he could have a pretty solid NBA career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't know why, but I I do know kind of uh, the the top some of the top prospects. I don't know all of them. Obviously, and I didn't watch a lot of college games this year, but uh, yeah, I think the, in my opinion, Golden State should trade down 
because it's it's kind of a weak draft class. It's not really a a, a star studded draft class like um like twenty seventeen or uh twenty. Uh, just it's it's not like it's like, it's more yeah yeah. And so I think that um it would do Golden State a lot of good to trade down and try and get like uh I don't know what team would be want would want to trade up. Maybe a team like Washington, maybe a team like the Knicks. Uh, but I think they should try and get a veteran that will solidify their bench and then still maintain a top 10 pick and try and draft uh, Devin Vassell out of Florida State, uh, who would, would really fit perfectly into what the, the Warriors culture is all about. He's, a, he's one of the best, uh, arguably the best defender in this draft, and he's a uh, really good shooter. So I think, uh, honestly, even in year one, he could be um, competing with uh, Andrew Wiggins for the starting job. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. So they really, they really just need a center, kind of, because who's their center right now? I think I disagree with that. It's Kavon Looney. Oh yeah, uh, he's not bad. Yeah, I think they shouldn't like. That's that's something I hate with uh, a lot of NBA fans. They. It, this is a thing that that's common with the Celtics too, where they're they're always talking about how they need a, a dominant center in order to compete for a championship. Like, they the last time a, a dominant center even led a team to the finals was Dwight Howard with the Magic. So that's kind of a, a misconception a lot of people have. Yeah, I was thinking like they still had like um, who was it like Willie Caldwell Stein or something as their like starting center, and I was like that, that he's kind of yeah. I mean, so yeah, like, I think Kevon. I think Kevon Looney was hurt for most of the year. Like, I, I don't really know how the season went, but he, I mean, he was their starting center the last time that they made, that they won a championship, I think. I can't, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, it was, it was Boogie, but um, during the last finals run in 2019, uh, he was their starting center, and he's he's really good in the pick and roll, and he's just a, a pretty decent all-around center, so I don't think they need to explore options to uh, upgrade that position. I think they should be trying to get a better um, a wing or a guard for their bench. Yeah, I was going to say, like, in that case, because they have a pretty decent starting team with um, – because then they'll, they'll have Steph and Clay back. Yep. And I feel like that would be interesting to see them play with Wiggins. Yeah, and we'll see if w- this is honestly Wiggins' last shot at at um becoming like a uh not even the superstar but a star in the league. Like this is really his last shot to prove that he he still has a lot of potential. Yeah, because that he has like so much like co stars with him. That's like how exactly could you, how could you fail? You like he's gonna it's he's probably gonna be impossible not to fail. You know? Yeah, he's probably gonna be like facing the. Um, the opposing team's like third best defender, so I I think it, it it's gonna it's definitely a prove it year for Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I also think um, it it's kind of it, it's pretty sick that after the the super um amazing run that Phoenix had, they end up with the tenth overall pick. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, they did, didn't they? <laughs> they have the t- they have the number ten pick, um, and they were like so close to making it into like exactly. The... Yeah. So I, I I think probably Phoenix will trade that pick. I think this year, um, in the past couple of years, they're honestly, I I mean last year obviously there's the Anthony Davis trade, but besides that there wasn't a whole lot of movement in the lottery, and the year before that there was pretty much no movement in the lottery. But I think this year there's a lot of teams that don't necessarily benefit from taking like a, another a potential prospect and trading away that pick to a rebuilding team and getting a veteran. And uh, I think Phoenix is one of those teams because I, I mean, like right now they have a pretty good team, but using this uh, number 10 overall pick, they could probably, they could, um they could trade it and, and t- bring in a veteran that'll, they'll make this team a, a playoff team. Yeah. A I playoff think- contender. I think the Suns just need a solid, like, forward, and then they're set. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Kelly Oubre was pretty good this year, but obviously in the bubble, they they played uh, really well without Kelly Oubre, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think their their main hole is a power forward, and there I I think there's a couple guys um, that could they could maybe draft that are power forwards with uh, some potential with the number number ten overall pick. But I also think that they should try and trade it uh, to a team that is uh, looking to rebuild and get some guy that's going to make their their team a playoff contender. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's interesting to see that um, the Celtics, for the second time in a row, have the 14th overall pick, and they're the only playoff team in the lottery currently. Yeah, because they well, they got that from the Grizzlies. Yep, uh, that's another team. I, I would be. I mean, the Celtics are literally guaranteed to make a trade on draft night. They have to. Tra- they have three first round picks. And they don't have enough roster spots for three guaranteed first round contracts. So I mean, they they a hundred percent. If it's whether it's a trade up or trade down or do something, they they literally have to make a move. It would be it it would be unprecedented, I think, if they don't make a move because they're they make a lot of trades on draft night. Yeah, they they're always trying to trade and get more future assets. And I, they, they they really don't have the roster space for three first round rookies. I feel like they might trade down and try and get a, 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 a like a, maybe a center. Yeah, excuse me. Um, yeah, I I, I agree. Maybe, maybe not a center, just something that's gonna um help boost their bench. Some guy that's gonna help um make their bench a little more interesting. Because that's that's kind of been their biggest. Even though their their benches actually kind of um, performed pretty well for, in a couple playoff games, they don't have a lot of uh, guys that they can really lean on if the starters are struggling uh, on the bench. And so, yeah, I think maybe draft night they move and try and take a, a cheap veteran contract or cheap um, a contract, like just a cheap contract for a guy that's going to help provide some depth on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with the draft? Um, I think it was pretty decent. You know, there's definitely a lot of potential there. Yep. All right. So that was it for episode two of the Four Quarters podcast. Make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram at fourquarters.podcast, and uh, make sure to share the podcast with your friends and family. And we'll see you next week.